Welcome back to um, School of Science Radio here. Um, Matthew Chandler with you on hosting duty this week. Uh, no Juno, he's off uh, covering the US Open, I think, for work, but um, very happy to say. Got Pat Maribo from the site uh, here to talk about two Everton wins this week. Pat, how's it going, Matthew? We didn't have enough um, half 12 kickoffs well, over on my side in the UK last year. Yep. Uh, what's it, view half seven over there? Yeah, it was definitely uh, definitely an early wake up for me, but you know, Everton made it worth it today. So great win. Uh, a little tired, but you know, it was definitely worth it. Yeah, definitely worth it indeed. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna look back at the, uh, the Salford Salford win on Wednesday, and then obviously the West Brom win, yep. uh, which we've literally just seen the end of as we're recording. Yep. Um, in fact, we may as well start with West Brom because I think obviously fresher in our minds and I guess a more significant win in some ways than West Brom so uh, first, first of all I guess like um, coming off the back of the Salford game obviously Ancelotti made 10 changes uh, a lot of people kind of underwhelmed a lot of people in, overwhelmed maybe and impressed um, any kind of surprise for you that Ancelotti went for the same team that beat Tottenham last week uh, not really. I'd say it was a little disappointing that Gordon wasn't involved, at least on the bench. I know a lot of fans on Twitter were talking about him being left out again. Um, I thought he put in a pretty good shift against Salford, so it was a little disappointing. Um, but other than that, I, I thought the team selection was solid. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, um, yeah, I was definitely definitely pleased with the lineup today. Yeah, I think, I think that's the key, isn't it? Like, um... We saw a lot of times, maybe under Marcus Silva or um, uh, Sam Allardyce, maybe like a lot of chopping and changing of, of teams from one week to the next. And I think you look at teams like Liverpool, and I always think of like Leicester the year they won the league, for example, where you could pretty much reel off the eleven players that were going to start from every week. So I think I think it's definitely a bonus if you say if you if if Ancelotti has like the luxury of saying this is my sort of, um, def- you know, my default starting 11, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we're only three games in, but the chemistry already looks almost there. I mean, the midfield that we have now compared to last season is just, you know, uncomparable. It's just miles better already. Uh, I, I do think, you know, the one qualm I have with the midfield today, at least, is that I felt we got a little too pushed up uh, in the second half today, which led to a few... Uh, counterattacks for West Brom but other than that I thought you know they played well and you know I think there's definitely a lot more to expect from the team in the future. I should say of course for those who are listening who don't know um, Everton obviously uh, 5-2 winners uh, in the end over West Brom um, kind of a a much different game probably to last week and that last week was um, against Tottenham was probably much more controlled performance a lot less hectic um, when the, well, obviously Everton have a notoriously terrible record at winning from having gone a goal down, did you? Did you when when uh, when they counter and then Diangana slots down past Pickford, did you feel a bit more at ease maybe this year than maybe you would have last year, or did you still worry that this that was going to be kind of the end of Everton's chance of winning today? Yeah, I mean, I was slightly optimistic compared to past seasons because we've seen this, you know, way too many times especially against newly promoted teams. So there's definitely some worry there, but you know, the red card obviously for um, Gibbs, it was, yeah, that was, was that, time, yeah. yeah, that was pretty huge. Um, but yeah. I, I think a lot of fans, you know, have definitely gone through the uh, one, nothing down at home against the newly promoted team feeling before. So it was definitely nice that, uh, you know, I wouldn't say we got gifted that red card. It, it, it was a red for sure, but, yeah. um, you know, it really helped us out a lot. But even without it, I feel like we still would have, you know, gotten the win in the end. Um, I, I thought we played a lot better in the second half. Um, but, yeah. I don't – I don't – I never thought Everton were particularly bad in the first half, to be honest. I just felt like um, you could tell it was going to be one of those games where, uh, you know, an inferior team – gets a break and then goes ahead and then kind of puts the bunkers up and, and it's kind of a rear guard action performance for the rest of the game. But um, 
Everton obviously eventually get equalised. I always thought like I felt like we were threatening West Brom enough before we equalised. Um, their keeper Johnston obviously fumbled a few and and looked a bit uneasy under pressure. And I think uh, I thought Luca Dean's deliveries were pretty solid in the first half and and gave West help give West Brom a lot to think about. Um, yeah, no, I'm. Oh, sorry, you can go. No, no, go. On. I was just saying, I'm not sure what the corner count was for us um, for the game, but I know we had at least, I'd say at least ten or so. Yeah, I mean, sure. we had we had Martin Keown on commentary over here, and he was, he was saying like, I think he said at one point that Everton's corners were becoming too predictable because it's just Dean after Dean cross after, Dean. but then you know. But at the same time, he also said on commentary that Dean, like, has the most assists in the league last season, or the second most, or sorry, third most after the two at Liverpool. So yeah, um, you can kind of, you can kind of understand probably why Everton are so sort of trustworthy with with yeah. Dean in that sense. Um, Absolutely. What do you think of the goal? First of all, the equaliser. Did you? Um, my initial reaction was it was offside, but then obviously. Um, thank God for VAR eventually. Yeah, thank God. VAR, VAR did not help us out too much last season. I was glad it was finally on our end uh, for the first time in a long time. You know, I'm still getting flashbacks to the uh, Man U game last season yeah. with the uh, Gilfy sit-up he had there. And uh, But I'm, I'm, I'm glad we were able to, you know, get on VAR's side for once. Um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, watching the replay, thankfully they have about 12 cameras facing the goal, so it wasn't too hard of a miss. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was rightfully awarded. You know, took the deflection off the West Brom defender. So, yeah, I mean, thankfully, you know, <laughs> it worked out in our favor. Yeah, and then obviously, um, Everton kicked on just before half time, and then uh, went two one up just before the whistle with uh, with Rodriguez, who continues to prove excellent value for money. I guess even if he was, even if he was a free transfer. Yeah, uh, he was. Yeah, he was. He was brilliant today. That goal was. That goal was awesome. I feel like I feel like he grew into the game. You know, at, um, at the start, I felt like it wasn't for once of trying, but Evan, Evan just couldn't couldn't get him into the game. But then you see that, like when he just even his touches on the ball, I thought last week, you know, against Tottenham, some of the passing sprints to Luca Dean, especially, and today with his goal. You can, you can tell that he's just got like that extra touch of class, can't you think? And, um, oh, yeah. I mean, he makes, it, it makes it so much more exciting to watch for me. He definitely wasn't, you know, as active in terms of like, you know, crosses and those long passes we saw against Spurs. But, you know, I think he he's able to kind of get more central where he scored that goal from. And, yeah, it was, it was another great performance from him. Um, we obviously have the... Um, the incident at halftime with Slavin Bullish as well. Uh, I don't know if you had this over in the States, but uh, I was quite surprised that they let us hear this, but you can hear the whole conversation between Bullish and Mike Dean. Did you hear that over in... I, I, I did, yeah. He had yeah. a few choice words for him, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get why he was so kind of... I don't get why he was so pissed off, really, because... Yeah, I mean... You know, I don't yeah, think he had any complaints. I mean, yeah, gives... elbows in, doesn't he? I know, yeah, that was... That was as clear cut as you can get. I don't think he had much stance there, but no. yeah. Um, so West Brom. Um, so you come off the second half, and obviously, I think Everton hopefully will will kick on two one and maybe win by a couple, which obviously we do in the end. But uh, that free kick from uh, from Pereira. That any was, that was any great. complaints really about that? Do you think? Or I mean, the, the commentary kind of dug out Yerry Mina a bit and said he should have jumped, but. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see it at first, but on the replay, I did see it kind of just scraped over me in his head. Um, you know, if if he had jumped, I definitely think he would have blocked it. You know, I'm not too sure what the protocol is with, you know, on the wall. I, I can only assume they're getting told different directions. Maybe he was told not to jump or maybe, you know, he was just being a little lazy on the goal. But um, in terms of Pickford's positioning, you know, he's definitely under the spotlight right now for, you know, just reasons. Uh, I think... For some reason, he it like I just didn't see much effort from him today in the two goals. I feel like he could have easily gotten closer. I mean, it was a great free kick. You know, you, you can't you can't deny that. But he, I don't know. I, I feel like he's always like a second off the mark. I'm not sure what you think about Pickford today or just in general. 
I thought his positioning for the free kick was kind of slightly off. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're being really harsh because, like you said, we can't deny that it's a great, it's a great strike and a great free kick. But, oh yeah. Um, it was just the way he died for it. It kind of, it was not. I don't want to say half-hearted, but it, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a full-on everything in this sort of dive. Was it, it was sort of? Yeah, it, it didn't look like he extended his arm. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. And even the first goal with the Angano, obviously, um, obviously West Brom break, and then again, you know, maybe you could look at Mina in particular and say, what's he doing there? But um, Pickford again for that one. I just, I think the problem was that, like, I, I felt that that was going to be a goal. Even I just said, right, they're going to score here as soon as Angano picked the ball up and got into. Dangerous position, you know. I mean, and you know, if we have that lack of trust, maybe in in Pickford, you wonder what the what the, the guys in front of him think. Yeah. Um, in in terms of his, his their confidence in him to save these these chances. Um, just going back to the first one quickly, seeing as we're on West Brom goals, who, who would you put the blame on that goal to anyone, or just say that again, a great strike. Yeah, I mean, like you oh, on the first goal, right? On the first goal, oh, yeah, Dion Garner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, Mina was definitely backpedaling a bit. You know, I think him and Pickford are really the only ones that I can kind of fault for that one. Uh, but, you know, it was a counterattack. I thought Mina should have pushed up. I mean, you know, it was, it was a bit of a fluky goal all in all, but, you know, I, I think there wasn't much fault, just maybe a little miscommunication on – Mina and Pickford's side, but can't really complain too much though. I mean, we're going to get goal scored like that. So it's, you know, couldn't have worse, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think again, like it was good that even after 2-2, obviously we still, we still have most of the second half to play then, but um, just great to see up and kick on, I guess, to get the three goals with uh, Michael Keane and then Dominic Calvert-Lewin with two. I think all, th- all three of them were from set pieces. Yeah. Um, or at One, least two, two of them were, I think. Three. I believe so, yeah. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. Think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, great to see Everton kind of uh, show a lot more resolve than they did last year, I guess, and, or the last few years, to be honest, and, and uh, kick on and get the win. Yeah, definitely. Were you, uh, were you worried this morning at all about the kind of the whole going top if we win thing, or do you think that had any sort of play in their <laughs> minds at all or not? Yeah, I, I I saw I saw a tweet last night, and it was it was it just said good night, and it was a screenshot of when we played them. I don't even know how many years ago, and I think uh, Rondon scored against us late in the match. I forgot what that was. That was just the that was the tweet though, and that got me a little nervous before I went to bed last night. But yeah, it's uh, I mean, you know, it's 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 nice to be top. That's all I can say. You know, <laughs> for the time being. For the time um, being, the slight yeah, time being. I know. I remember that West Brom game. It was, uh, I think we had something like 30 shots and they had one. Um, that sounds about right, yeah. I think they were, I think their one shot was the only shot on target in the whole game, <laughs> which was kind of like yeah. peak, it was peak sort of late Everton Martinez era. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, totally different story today, wasn't it? I guess the show was kind yeah. of... Like, Benefits of good, good, mad, mad, uh, good management and good, um, good tactics and good setup and good players. I guess really more than anything. Yeah, and I, I don't really like writing teams off. You know, two games into the season, but I'm just not sure if West Brom, you know, can stay up. I'm not sure if that's been the consensus, the early consensus so far. But you know, they, you know, they don't really have a striker. I, I think Pereira. You know, is is a very good player, great free kick goal. Um, but yeah, I just I don't really see them, you know, making too much of an impact in the Premier League this season. Yeah, but the, yeah, that's true, I guess. But then you like you look at teams like that last season, like Norwich and um, Bournemouth. Um, who was the other team who went down last year? Watford, obviously Watford were the only. Watford, yeah. I think Watford were the only team in the bottom five Everton didn't lose to us in the last season. Yeah. Six, apart from West Ham, I think. I think West Ham were the one. Um, yeah. So, you know, today was, you know, today was the kind of game we kind of saw Everton lose last year. So, um, 
guess again it's like it speaks to the kind of stronger men- mentality as well with the team as well that to be able to kind of grind these results out I guess especially after going behind as well yeah definitely um, and obviously got to talk about Calvert-Lewin I guess because after Michael Keane gets one and then Calvert-Lewin gets the last two to complete his hat-trick um, did you I mean even even last season I guess when he kicked on there was still that feeling that like at the end of the season that he kind of tailed off with like and I think, you know, by to all intents and purposes, he was pretty poor in lockdown, wasn't he? And didn't have anywhere near as much of an impact yeah. in score in the last 10 games of the season. Uh, but he's come back again looking right up for it, hasn't he? And uh, four goals in two games. <laughs> can't can't really complain much about that, can you? Yeah, no, he's, he's been playing great so far. Yeah, he definitely had a bit of a goal drought, you know, towards the end of last season. I think he didn't score in like maybe last like eight or nine matches, I want to say. Yeah, 10. Um, But yeah, no, I I thought he played great. I mean, the service around him is just, you know, completely different compared to, you know, you got the midfield trio we have now, you know, compared to Gilfie, Davies and, um, you know, Gomez and just the inclusion of Hamas as well. He just has so much more, you know, kind of creativity around him. And, you know, you got Digne, you know, crossing the ball in 15 times a game, you know, Calvert-Lewin's going to get on the end of one of those crosses. So, yeah, I thought I thought he played great today. Yeah, I think you're right, actually, in terms of talking about service. I mean, it's kind of been a long-standing problem with Everton strikers, hasn't it? Where it's like yep. people are in two minds whether to blame them for the lack of goals or blame the teammates for the lack of support. Yep. Um, but, you know, Calvert-Lewin is obviously getting that now and... and um, he looks really sharp, doesn't he? I mean, he come back with a real sort of hunger and, um, like you said, with the with the with the added creativity of Rodriguez and stronger midfield that we got now with Alan and Decore, who I thought both again impressed today as well. Um, he, I mean, he's going to take some stopping in terms of getting in the England squad, I think, as well, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that as much as people like kind of the pairing of him and Richarlison up top, I thought that playing him kind of more outside on the wing has been beneficial as well, since we don't really, you know, have that solidified, you know, left side midfielder right now. I mean, you know, you got Anthony Gordon coming in and, you know, Bernard still not the biggest fan of him, but I think just kind of being able to, you know, create that wide play, you know, in the attacking end has really benefited Calvert-Lewin a lot. Do you think the change of formation has helped him then? Because obviously he did strike up this great partnership with Charles and didn't he? But since you've gone back to 4-3-3, um, I guess it's not quite the same formation. Like It's not 4-3-3 in the same way that Marcus Silva played 4-3-3, was it? Or 4-2-3-1. In the right. Midfield are a lot closer together. Yeah. And there's a lot there's a lot better support. The squad is probably Yeah, strong. absolutely. But like, do you think... I guess I guess what I'm saying is which which system do you think suits Calvert Lewin best overall? Would you say? I mean, based on his heading ability alone, I think that you know the four three three is a very strong one. You know, and when you have a player like Digne who can, you know, push up the pitch so well, he's basically playing left wing at times, and you know, just being able to get that service from him, you know, along with having James and you know Richie helping him out as well. You know, I think. You know, him being up there by himself, you know, is, is is a pretty good spot for him. You know, he obviously doesn't have the same kind of, you know, build up play and strength as, you know, Lukaku, for example. But, you know, I, I think, you know, he's still young and he's still, you know, getting the goals and making things happen. So I, I think he's definitely, you know, playing great right now. Yeah, and he's, like you say, he's young, isn't he? He's still, still got room to grow and get even better, hopefully. And hopefully it's while still wearing an Evan shirt. Yeah, uh, <laughs> touch wood. Uh, thoughts on Richarlison today? Because I mean, obviously, touched on him. Obviously, being moved back to the left wing, um, I felt he was kind of hit and miss a bit at Tottenham last week. Worked very hard, but nothing really came off for him in terms of finishing or end product. How do you, how do you think he did today? Yeah, I think I saw on Twitter he was involved in four of our goals. I want to say. And does that sound right to you? Uh, well, would you count the first one? 
I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I guess that counts as involvement. In a way, yeah. But yeah. Um, how how do you think he did overall? Yeah, I mean, I thought he did well. You know, it was definitely tough not to see him on the score sheet, but I think it's a good sign when you know we're getting goals from players outside of him because he, you know, was easily our player of the season last year, and it kind of speaks on the quality we have now with the new signings that Ancelotti has brought in that, you know, we're able to rely on, you know, those players, those other players for goals and not just him. So, you know, if anything, I'm sure there's a bit of, you know, relief taken off his back, but I'm sure he's a bit, a bit gutted to not be on the score sheet today. He looked at, yeah, he looked absolutely gutted when, uh, when that, when it's, it's a great ball by Sigurdsson, isn't it? And then Richarlison's volleys at home beautifully and, um, Unfortunately for him, just a, a slight stray off sign, wasn't it? But um, yeah, that was a great finish too. I wish that would have counted. Anyone else today that you want to single out for praise or even criticism? I guess if you want, um, even after a five-two win, anyone else <laughs> stand out for you? You know, I, I think that you know Gilfie. You know, he if you know those who watched the Salford game, I think saw he. You know, I think really does bring a decent impact off the bench, which I'm sure not a lot of us would have said weeks ago, but, you know, I think having, you know, that kind of player who can, you know, go on for Hamas, you know, is, is something good to have, you know, he had a few, you know, finger points today as he usually does, but, you know, I, I think he's kind of accepted that, you know, bench role. And, you know, I, I think having him as an option off the bench is, is, is pretty decent. I mean, I, I think, you know, people say he's definitely lost his legs over the years, but, you know, being able to play, you know, 30, 40 minutes a match, you know, I, I think it's, you know, good to have that kind of player in our team. You know, I don't really see Ancelotti moving him on. Um, but yeah, I think having that quality uh, on the bench has, has been good for the team as well. Yeah. I think Sigerson is, um, Obviously, someone I've spoken about before quite a lot about how I think he shouldn't have a place anymore. But um, in terms of like as a as a sort of deputy, I think he's he's done well so far, hasn't he? I think um, I don't think yeah he's been linked with the move, hasn't he? But um, seems like Ancelotti likes him. Seems like um, he made a better impact as a sub when he can come on because, like you say, I, I just don't think I just think he physically can't. Do ninety minutes every week anymore? You saw that, yeah. especially in lockdown, didn't you? With the volume of games we had and, and the reliance that Ancelotti placed on him to be the key man in that midfield, and it just didn't, mm-hmm. didn't happen for him. So um, I thought he was all right today when he came on. Yeah, I thought he was all right. He played well against Salford without really kind of staking a claim to to, to uh, displace anyone in the, in, the, in midfield three. Um, Ancelotti's first choice, but yeah, I think I, I, I don't think he'll go. I think he'll I think he'll probably stick around. But like I said, if he's if he's a backup option, then maybe that's not the worst not the worst road driven to go down. What did you think? Yeah. Of, what do you think of Moise Keane today? Because what struck me was we'll get on to Wednesday in a minute. But he kind of came in for a, lot of, a bit more criticism maybe than other people did on on social media anyway. Um, on Wednesday, despite obviously scoring that penalty, but um, I know he was only on very briefly today. But what, what I noticed a lot was he was kind of drifting out wide a lot. I don't know whether you picked up on that as well, and whether you think Everton should kind of persevere with him or load him or even cash in on him. Um, obviously, didn't have a lot of time today to make an impact, but kind of with Calvert Lewin's form as well, you can't re- you can't see him taking Calvert Lewin's place anytime soon, can you? Yeah, I, you know, since the day we signed him, I wanted nothing more than for him to succeed. But, you know, with Calvert-Lewin in form, you know, I, I think he has to accept that he's not going to be, you know, starting many matches, you know. Um, I, I think it's good to have him included in the cup games. Like, I think, you know, having, I wouldn't say he's like a solidified, you know, player right now. You know, he's still unfortunately finding his feet, but, you know, being able to have someone like him who has that quality, you know, he's, he's done great things for Juve, but, you know, I, I think for now, you know, having 
him, like I said, starting those cup games, you know, those games for Calvert-Lewin might need a break as, you know, the schedule is a bit, you know, cluttered, you know, since, you know, all the matches and reschedules and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, you know, a little point, I, I did notice he was out wide, you know, he tried making a few moves. I think he pulled off for a Rabona towards the end too, which is, so, didn't like, work out, but yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for a penalty there. I, I, I uh, thought him at handball, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Ancelotti clearly rates him. Um, you know, I, I know there are rumors of him going back on loan to Juve, I believe has been coming out the last few days, but I mean, what, he's still only, is he, was he 19, 20? 20, I think now. 20, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't see us getting rid of him. I think Ancelotti has just said, you know, way too many good things about him and how he's still, you know, in his plans and whatnot. But I think, you know, in terms of having that kind of depth up top and just in the squad overall, you know, I, I think that's something that we've kind of lacked in the past few years. And, you know, being able to field, you know, I, I thought the side we fielded against Salford, you know, was a relatively decent side. I mean, it was basically the side that we started most of our games last season, you know, give or take a few players. But yeah, I mean, Hopefully King can kick on and, you know, get an assist or goal every now and then. But, yeah, it's it's definitely unfortunate the situation he's in right now. Yeah, I think um, we're going to solve for now. I have to just wrap myself. Um, Everton, for the time being, at least top of the league after a 5-2 win over West Brom. Um, that, obviously, this, that came on the back of uh, Wednesday's EFL Cup win over Salford, um, where... Antelossi made 10 changes to the team that beat Tottenham last week. Um, and then she put the same team back in today. Um, just quickly touch on Salford then, because um, I guess there's not loads to talk about in terms of this game. Evan kind of got the job done pretty professionally. But um, again, same question before, really. Anyone really make an impression on you from that game? Anyone disappoint you particularly? Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but I believe it's Nkuku, right? Is yeah, yeah, the left back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he played great. You know, I didn't know anything about him, nor do I think any fans did when he came in, but um, he's he's just a huge body. Like, he just, he's a very, you know, strong, strong left back, you know, in terms of just physicality. You know, he's, 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 he's huge. And um, he just is able to, you know, kind of mirror what Digne does in terms of just kind of getting up the left side, playing, you know, further up in like a left wing kind of role. And, you know, I, I thought he played great. I mean, he's only 19, I believe. And, um, you know, kind of with Keane, having that kind of young quality, you know, in the team uh, is, is really beneficial. I thought he played well. And his link up play with Gordon, I thought was really impressive too, I think. You know, having that, you know, kind of quality on the left side um, was really was really big in terms of um, the win. Were you at all surprised that Gordon didn't make the team today? I think uh, you obviously mentioned Gordon. Then I was, he was kind of one of the standout players for me. He probably should have scored, shouldn't he, with the the shots that he had um, hitting hit the post a few times. Do you think he's kind of? I mean, would you put him ahead of, say, Bernard in the left wing pecking order? Would you put him ahead of Walcott maybe on the wing or it will be now? Or how close do you think he is to being in that team? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would take Belasi over Walcott on the wing, you know, how things are going now. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like these are the kinds of games where, you know, a player like Gordon can shine, you know, newly promoted team, I feel like he would have been a great substitute in the second half, you know, once we're up a few goals, kind of get those minutes in. I, you know, I, Bernard, he just, you know, he just really lacks, you know, kind of consistency for me as do a lot of our other wingers, but I think Gordon, you know, kind of like Keen, how he's been, you know, really applauded by Ancelotti the past few weeks and months. I was definitely disappointed to see him not, you know, included on the bench today, you know, clearly Ancelotti knows more than we do, but, you know, hopefully we'll see a similar team uh, this Wednesday against Fleetwood um, that we did against Salford. So hopefully he can get back in the team then. Yeah. And, you know, you look at Wednesday and you think 
3-0, pretty solid win. Um, and it was, but I guess you always maybe kind of hope for a bit more, or like, not a bit more, but maybe just, like, obviously 10 changes to the majority of these players are fringe players. Um, and maybe one or two didn't take the chance. Obviously, Sigerson scored in the second half. Michael Keane scored, and then Moise Keane hit the penalty in and looks really miserable after scoring it, which um, <laughs> yeah. that's a bit disheartening to see. Um, yeah. I mean, we talked about this a bit with Ian last week, but how important, how big a priority would you make this cup this year for Everton? I mean, I, I think that has to be our top priority for sure. Um, I, I remember hearing a few weeks ago, are, are like the top six, are those teams not participating in the uh, they cups are, yeah. because of... Yeah. Oh, they are? They aren't. No, they are, yeah. They are. In oh, okay. Area. That oh, was rumored, yeah, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I I picked in our kind of predictions for the season for them to win the EFL Cup. Um, you want to, do you want to retract so, that now? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm I'm still confident. I, I think there were some decent draws um, a few days ago, and we got lucky with ours for yeah. you know if and when we beat um, Fleetwood. Fleetwood, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the players have said it, Hamas has said it, Ancelotti has said it, you know, we need to win a cup. It's been far too long. And, you know, with the quality we have, the depth we have, again, knock on wood, hopefully no more injuries. Um, you know, I, I think it should be our number one priority. Obviously, it's not as big as the FA Cup, but just having some piece of silverware will definitely big, definitely be a big boost for the team because, you know, as I've said, we've gone far too long and I think this is I I can't speak for every fan but I feel like this is you know one of the more confident times I felt you know being a supporter in terms of just our manager our team our depth our quality on the pitch our midfield everything you know I think it's still working out you know I think once we work on the chemistry kind of get that to a hundred percent you know I, I think we're gonna be a great squad you know, this year, I, I don't see too many weaknesses in our team right now. You know, things can be said about Pickford, Mina, Walcott. Um, but if Ancelotti were to bring in another player or two, I'm not too sure how likely that is. Maybe a loan or two. But, you know, yeah, I think you know, we can definitely go far in the cup this year for sure. I was going to ask you about uh, bringing in players. Obviously, I guess one of the, one of the down spots of uh, Wednesday night was seeing Jared Branthwaite. Uh Go off injured. Ancelotti since said that he's going to be out for three to five weeks. I think um, mm-hmm. Mason Holgate is obviously going to be out for a while. Uh, Lewis Gibson, I think, is going out on loan. Uh, yep. looks, like he's going to, looks like he's going to Reading. Yeah. Um, in the Championship, which leaves you with literally just Michael Keane and Yerry Amina. Um, yeah. No centre backs on the bench on Wednesday, so we had Luca Dean over uh, there. Um, and he did okay, but then obviously you're talking about doing okay against a League Two team. <laughs> yeah. You know, with the greatest respect, definitely should be beaten as comfortably as he did. Um, yeah. Centre back is that because I'm kind of torn on this one because I feel like we have. If you include Gibson, then you have like five centre backs really that you can pick from: um, Holgate, Mina, Keane, and then Branthwaite and Gibson. I guess my my issue with this is kind of like, do you, if you if you you could potentially be be signing like a long term solution to a temporary problem in terms of like filling in for injuries. Um, obviously, we've been linked with Takaya Tamori at Chelsea on loan. Um, how do you feel about new centre back or or do you think it's not as big a, a deal as? Maybe others because these guys will come back soon and we'll be fine. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I can only assume we're going to be linked with, you know, every center back on the market the next few weeks. You know, all the rumors that have been coming out. Um, yeah, I, I do think that Gibson and Brandwaith are the future, you know, center back pairing for us. And I think bringing in, you know, someone like Tamori would not only kind of be a placeholder for Gibson and Brandwaith's kind of development where they go on loan or play for the U23s or whatnot. 
Uh, but also, yeah, like you said, with the injury crisis, we have now, I, I think we definitely do have to bring someone in, whether it's on loan, which I think is the more likely option than, you know, actually, you know, purchasing a player. Um, yeah, I, I would love Tamori. Um, he's young. Uh, he's pretty, you know, highly regarded in that Chelsea team. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, Brands and Ancelotti are working on something, you know, behind closed doors. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really hoping we can bring in another defensive reinforcement or two. Um, obviously, if, if say, say it's Tamori who, who comes in on loan, do, do, you, do you throw him in straight away or... Do you feel it's, it's kind of harsh on Keane or Mina to, to drop out of them? Because I guess the problem is if you're going to bring in, especially lone players, they're going to expect to, to want to play, you know, most games and be a regular. So um, based on what you've seen from Keane and Mina so far this season, do you feel like either of them would deserve to lose their place or do you, do you stick with what you've got for now and tell Tamori to kind of fight for his place and earn his way in? I think the goals aside for Keane... Uh, I, I thought he's played pretty well so far. Definitely the better out of, um, you know, Mina. Uh, yeah. Mina's kind of a toss-up for me. You know, if we were to bring in, you know, Tamori or just another kind of young center back on loan, I think they would definitely be challenging Mina first, then Keen. You know, Mina, he's a very clunky defender, is the way I like to put it. You know, he yeah. kind of runs on stilts and he doesn't have, like, the best positioning, you know, for my liking, but... Um, I was about to tweet after, you know, that first goal where he was backpedaling the whole time that Barcelona basically robbed us blind. But, you know, I, I think that he's, you know, out of him and Keane, I think Mina's the one more likely to definitely face some competition if we were to bring in, you know, someone, which I think we will. I mean, Ancelotti's talked about, it, I believe, a few days ago in a press conference, I want to say, where he wasn't, he wasn't too sure. I think he was asked the question and, I, I think he gave some kind of response where he's definitely looking to bring someone in, but I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think prob- probably got maybe with Keen and Mina is that they're quite similar defenders, aren't they? Um, yeah. You know, neither of them have got a great turn of pace. Um, they are kind of solid, reliable, but maybe not in that sort of top echelon of defenders or probably not even um, as good as, as Mason Holgate probably. Um, so I think why why even though I like yeah I agree both of them have had a pretty good start to the season especially Michael Keane I think what you will find eventually is that these these two are maybe too similar to play to be like a long term pairing and you need a kind of blend of of pace and power I think which maybe you get more with Holgate and one of them um, and that, you know I'm not like I'm not massively on board with with like say Tamori for example, which nothing against him. I just I previously didn't didn't really think we need a centre back. Maybe we do now with with Branthway injured, Holgate injured, Gibson out on loan. But Tamori, I think, will definitely be someone who will kind of balance that out a bit more. And because he's you know he's a quick defender, he's he's agile, he's, he gets around the pitch easier than maybe Michael Keane or certainly Harry Mina does. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably a better balance, isn't it? I think, but. In terms of the two, two of them so far, I think you've got to say they've, looked, they've done okay, I think, for the most part anyway. Uh, that first goal aside, maybe for West Brom. <laughs> yeah. Um, looking ahead to this week then, I mean, uh, Fleetwood away in the next round. Uh, Fleetwood managed by Joey Barton. We're recording this during the uh, three o'clock games on the Saturday, so um, I'll just have a look quickly how they're getting on but Fleetwood basically League One uh, side in the qualified via points per game for the players last year um, didn't win they knocked out to Wickham who went up first game of the season they beat Burton last week and then obviously won in the AFL Cup in midweek against Port Vale they're drawing 0-0 against Peterborough as we speak who are kind of promotion favourites themselves um and obviously Fleetwood, of course, who had Lewis Gibson and Callum Connolly on the last season as well. So um, while I doubt either of them will be playing, there's certainly some sort of familiarity there uh, between the two clubs. Um, 
I mean, I guess we, we would probably both agree, wouldn't we, that this this has got to be a game that everyone takes seriously and seems a must win. But when you look at the team that played on Wednesday against Salford, would you stick with that, or would you go? Would you maybe strengthen a bit on that? If anything, I would probably switch out Keen. I would. Which which Keen? Sorry, Michael. Oh, sorry, sorry, Moyes, Moyes. Moyes, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say we yeah. can't really switch out Michael Keane for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I'd say switching out Moyes Keane. You know, I want to say Calvert Lewin, but maybe throwing Richie up there and you know having Gordon Walcott on the wings. Um, I think the midfield. I would like to see a different pairing than you know Siggy and Davies. Um, would you give Davies another chance? Because he, he was another one who kind of came in for a bit of criticism on. Yeah. Wednesday. I definitely rather see him than Gilfie out there for sure. You know, I think if anything, this criticism would help him. You know, I can't imagine, you know, if a player is, you know, not getting picked or, you know, anything like that, I can only assume they feel down. But if they do get picked for the next match, I can only think they would play, you know, to obviously have the manager think more highly of him. You know, it's, I don't think if if Davies is picked, I don't think he's going to go out there in a slump and, you know, whatnot. I think he's definitely going to try to, you know, prove his worth. Same with someone like John Joe Kenny. I, I'm i still not too sure what the situation with him is. You know, I, I'm sure after playing almost every game for Schalke last season, he's, you know, certainly not too, you know, happy being second fiddle to Coleman, who I think has played really well um, so far. You know, he's, I want to say he's 31 now, definitely getting up there in age, but you know, I, I thought he's been one of our better defenders so far uh, this season. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, again, back to the depth conversation, having, you know, a solid right back in Kenny and, you know, having a semi-solid, you know, midfielder in Tom Davies, you know, just having that kind of quality and depth is something that we haven't really seen in the past few seasons, you know. So I think, you know, that'll you know, be pretty important in terms of, you know, going far in the cup this year. You say uh, certainly the likes of Nkunku and uh, Anthony Gordon, are they shoe-ins for you on Wednesday? I, I think so, yeah. I'd be very surprised if they don't get selected, yeah. And what about, uh, obviously, Jao Virginia got his, his debut on uh, Wednesday and it's kind of, I guess, in goal and it's kind of probably hard to judge him too much because I, I know Salford had a few chances but they didn't, they didn't test him at all, really, I can remember. Yeah, I think he had maybe like one, yeah, like one shot that was shot right at him. He just kind of, yeah, I don't think he made too many saves. Yeah, no, they were they were very poor actually. Salford, even as a league two team, I expected more from them. Yeah. Um, would you go back to Pickford? Would you stick with Virginia and give him another give him another try and see if he's up to it? I think he was on the bench today, wasn't he? So you would suspect, you would assume, having been on the bench for the two league games and started against Salford that he is kind of above Jonas Lossel at least now in Ancelotti's eyes so yeah um, what do you think between him and Pickford who would you go for against Fleetwood oh that's a head scratcher uh, definitely glad I'm not in Ancelotti's position right now but I feel like if if we were to lose that game if and Virginia was starting, the, obviously all the flack would be, you know, on Pickford not getting the call in. Uh, I, I know that Virginia didn't have the best time on loan last year with was it Redding. Redding, I want to say. Yeah. I, I only saw a few clips, but he didn't have a good time there. I mean, again, I'm sure he's, you know, even more motivated to kind of, since he's getting this opportunity to obviously prove his worth. Uh, I mean, I... I want to say Pickford should start. Thankfully, that's the only problem is that, you know, the goalkeepers, they can, you know, play every match if they wanted to. There's not too much physical exertion there. And against a team like Fleetwood, I don't see us being tested too much, but I can definitely see, you know, a more challenging, you know, match than the one we had against Salford. Um, if I were Ancelotti, I would probably go with Pickford. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I, my reason for coming for Pickford is because – um, I I think you should always kind of go go make a make a statement even with your starting lineup and, and show that you're 
you're all in for this and you're taking it seriously. And I'm not saying I'm talking, wasn't taking it seriously on Wednesday, but I just think resting 10 players, I understand the fixture congestion because obviously you've got, you know, the next round of the cup the week after and then the next round of fourth round will be the week after this round. So three weeks potentially of, of, of midweek cup games. So, but I mean, Jordan Pickford, I don't think needs to be rested, does he? I mean, he doesn't. Doesn't run around the pitch all game or you know, he's a load of energy. So, um, yeah. Um, I I saw I saw some people asking before the game against Salford for, for the same team that beat Tottenham to play. And while I do understand what they mean in terms of if you want to you want to go into it like with you know eyes on winning it and you know taking it as seriously as possible, I just I don't think that is feasible just with the, with the amount of games and the the shorter time frame they got to play them in this year so um, I think we'll see changes again I would like to see less than 10 I, personally I think um, Decore maybe just to bolster the midfield um, Charleston maybe just to try and get him off the mark for the season because he looks like he has looked a bit in the in the two league games like the fact that he hasn't scored is, is bugging him a bit and playing on his mind um, yeah He's not, I'd say he's not played badly. I just think he, once he gets the first one, then I think more goals this season will come for Charleston. Um, so I would give Pickford. I would still keep him Kunku and Kenny and people like that and, and Gordon. Uh, I'd like to see Bernard again in 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 the more central role where I think he, I think he is better suited to playing than on the wing. And obviously playing playing there allows allows Gordon to do his his best work on the left wing as well, doesn't it? So, um, I expect changes, but I wouldn't make as many maybe as, as for Salford because this will be a harder game. Fleetwood away will be a harder game than Salford at home, I'm, I'm sure about that. Um, yep. But obviously, it's a game that you expect them to win and then obviously, they made the fourth round draw this week and, and the prize of winning this game will be um, a home tie to West Ham or Hull who... Again, you'd expect them to at least, be, you know, at least be favourites for that game. You should, you would assume so. Um, so. Win that, and then you're in the quarterfinal. So, you know, all of a sudden we're not too far from, if not a cup, then at least getting to get back to Wembley and having a having a day out in Wembley and being in a cup final again. So, I think the other thing is as well that um, Liverpool, I think, have been drawn with Arsenal or Leicester. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, Lincoln and then I think, Chel- I think Chelsea are likely to play Tottenham in the fourth round as well so the teams could be meeting each other early on um, yeah. I hope even more for Evans so I think this, I, I'm with you I think this should be one of Antibiotics' biggest priorities this year um, and I would like to see that reflected in his team sheet on Tuesday um, sorry Wednesday isn't it um, yeah Wednesday yeah Wednesday yeah um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, like I said, winnable game and, and hopefully next week we will be talking about Everton being in the, in the fourth round against West Ham or Hull. Um, just, one fi- just one final, I guess, preview before we wrap up then. Uh, Crystal Palace away is the next league game for Everton next Saturday. I think it's three o'clock, isn't it? So yeah. slightly more, slightly longer lie-in for you and all the Americans. Yeah, yeah thankfully. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thoughts on that one? I mean, we're doing this again. As I say, we're doing this before Palace play Manchester United later today. Um, mm. Thoughts on that game? What you're expecting from Palace? What you're what you're expecting from Everton? I guess as well. Palace got a win, right, in the first game. Yeah, they, they did Southampton last week. Yeah, Southampton. Zaha. Yeah. Oh right, of course it was Zaha. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know it, it really depends on how the Fleetwood Town match goes you know again there will probably be a lot of new faces in the squad as Angela will probably make you know a good amount of changes you know you know versus the match on Wednesday to Saturday um I I'm not too sure what to think it's it's still so early but you know it's based on the quality alone we've showed you know so far this season you know three wins and three matches uh against a relatively lower quality style in Crystal Palace. Uh, I'm not too sure how their team is sorting out this year, but, um, you know, I, I definitely expect, you know, another strong performance. Obviously they're not, 
you know, to the likes of West Brom. So I'm not expecting another, you know, six, seven goal thriller, but, um, you know, considering no, the win no, over. It's always no, no when we play policy. I know. I, know, I was going to say, I was thinking back. I was like, wait a minute. There's never a lot of goals scored in this match. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not, you know, top quality side. I, I think that, I think we pretty low scoring. You know, I know that, um, I want to say Van Anholt still out for them. I think he's Trey. I'm not sure if he's back though. Um, but other than that, you know, there's not too much quality in that side other than him and Zaha. So uh, I, I think that we should be expecting, expecting, strongly expecting uh, a win for the Blues on Saturday. I think I think they've had quite a decent window in terms of players they brought in. Anyway, I think uh, sign Nathan Ferguson who's. A promising young right back from West Brom. Um, yep. As a from QPR looks looks a player. Um, yep. On the wing, um, kept Zaha for the time being. Although every time Roy Hodgson seems to talk about him, he seems to give the impression that Zaha has been held by a Palace against his will or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, which isn't too bad when you're getting paid. What Zaha's getting paid, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's true. Batshuayi has obviously come back as well, so. Um, you would assume he will add a bit more firepower, but then having seen Batshuayi the last few years, yeah, um, yeah. You know, Batshuayi and Benteke might not be like the most fearsome strike partnership. You know? yeah. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, I think had a good season from last year, and I think he got about nine. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. But we have a good record against Palace. I think it was, you know, decent um, in terms of it. We don't seem to lose them very often, and um, obviously they're. They are quite. De- I don't. I don't know if it's what it was, what it used to be, but I think they are quite quite dependent on their quite raucous home crowd. So yeah, um, and they were terrible actually post lockdown. Um, no, they won last week, but I think they won. They won their first game and then lost seven in a row and then really. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. Drew on the last day and then obviously won last week. Um, oh. You would expect them probably to lose to United today. Um, yeah. But. Um, whether and you know you're not sure you wouldn't imagine that will dent their confidence too much because um you know, like I say you'd expect them to lose that one but um yeah. any any changes from the team today you'd make for that one given the kind of game it'll be as well I guess yeah um I don't think so I, I think you know definitely having Gordon on the bench would be nice um can't think of too many other changes I'd make. I thought it was a pretty strong side again. Um, yeah, other than just the inclusion of Gordon on the bench, you know, I, I think that's really the only kind of change I'd have. Um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, the starting 11, you know, was, was picked well. And you know, I, I'm hoping we don't stray too far away from that for, you know, a good part of the season. Would, would you stick with Andre Gomez in that midfield in terms of, I guess you've got options there now, haven't you, with, with Delph. Uh, not Delph. Oh, God. Hopefully not Delph. Anyway. <laughs> Never Delph. Um, Never Delph. Tom Davies, obviously, can play there. Yeah. Like, I, Tom Davies is not going to start against Palace, you wouldn't think. But no. um, Sigurdsson, you could, you could push maybe Decore deeper and move Sigurdsson forward or Iwobi or Bernard. Um, based on what you've seen from Gomez and what you expect from Palace, would you, would you stick with Gomez? So I think he's been slightly better. I say slightly, I think he's been a lot better actually with the insurance of Allen and DeCorey around him. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think that, you know, he's, he hasn't, he's definitely getting pushed up more of the, like on the pitch, which is good. You know, he's getting involved in more, um, you know, like the attacking chances we have one not. I, yeah. I think like you said, having that quality around him is definitely, I guess, taking a better weight off his shoulders considering for a better part of last season, he was, you know, one of our better midfielders, you know, he didn't have the best time out, but again, that was based on, you know, playing with Sigurdsson and Tom Davies every week, you know, there's not much to be expected, but um, yeah, he's definitely, I wouldn't say he's quiet, but you know, he's, he's definitely composed on the ball. You know, I'd much rather have him in there than Gilfie or, you know, Davies, but you know, this could be a game where, you know, throwing in a player like Gilfie or Davies, you know, could be good considering just the quality we have around them. Like, I, I don't think including 
you know, Gomez and the team or having him on the bench will make too much of a difference. If we do keep the same team we had today and against Spurs, um, I, I think, you know, that one player won't really mess up the system and the chemistry we have now. Uh, but if there is, you know, like you said, one player, I'd probably, you know, I, I could see being switched out. It would be Gomez, you know, for the likes of Gilfie or Tom Davies. I think uh, the thing as well, like I said, if we beat Fleetwood, then uh, we will have six games in two and a half weeks as well. So you've got to look at rotation to a point, although you could say that this early stage in the season, they shouldn't be fatigued. They shouldn't need, right? Uh, you know, a rest yet. Um, right. So I guess it's kind of finding that balance, isn't it, between overworking them and, uh, you know, rotating the squad, giving game time to people who need to play more and need to get more experience. And I think um, Tom Davies is certainly in that bracket, isn't he, by the way, if that will be Everton or not. Uh, I don't know. Yep. Yep. We'll have to wait and see. Um, how do you see, if I asked you for if I push you for prediction on the Palace game, let's do both. Okay, Fleetwood and Palace, how do you see Everton going this week? I think, we're gonna make it, I think five wins in a row is too, too much to ask from Everton. <laughs> Fleetwood, I'm going to go with a 3-1 win. And Palace, I'll go 2-2. Would you take a draw at Palace or is that kind of begrudgingly accepting 2 If if we beat Fleetwood, I, I'd be okay with the draw at Palace. I'd be content for the most part. Yeah. Um, and look, I think, you know, you want nine in an ideal world, obviously, but especially given, you know, the base that Everton started from or finished last season on, um, I think seven points from the first nine would be a pretty respectable return. Then you go, you go to Brighton at home and then you've got Liverpool at home in the derby. So hopefully these next few games will keep us on on a good footing ahead of the uh, the derby. I'm just um, waiting for the I'm waiting for the eventual Twitter meltdown that's bound to come soon. It's it's kinda we're on this roller coaster right now that never seems to want to end. No. But we're not gonna lose the Fleetwood. I, I don't think we're gonna lose lose the Fleetwood. No. But if and when we get that first league loss. I can only assume I like, I like a the, slight meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you said if and when and not just when. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. Not to- yeah. you're not totally ruling out the possibility of Everton going unbeaten. But, um, not at all. Yeah, I admire your, your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fancy Everton to beat Fleetwood. I think we all do. I'll go 2-1. I think any team... <laughs> Joey Barton's obviously a big Everton fan as well, so I think he, he will... Uh, Fleetwood manager... Now and he will want to uh, really sort of get his players up for this one. I'm sure. Um, yeah, be a hard game. Uh, they got. I mean, I've seen a bit of them because I watch a bit of lower league football. They got some technically for their level anyway. Some pretty pretty decent players, um, and they'll make it hard for Everton uh, in what is a pretty compact, tight ground as well in Highbury. So um, be a challenge. But like you said, you'd expect Everton to get through that one, and then Palace. I don't know the Palace because we always like I said we always seem to draw there. Yeah. Um, but we never seem to lose there either. So um I am leaning towards a draw as well. It's kind of hard I can't visualise Palace against Everton without it being nothing else. Yeah, I know. Um, I'll go for one one, I think I'll change obviously I'll go one one, which not a result we want, but you know, like I said, under the circumstances not a terrible result either. And absolutely yeah. I think if we just keep it. If we are, if we are unbeaten by the time we play Liverpool, that's the game, isn't it? Like, and get to that game, maybe even above them in the league by the time you know they still want to play Chelsea and Arsenal before us. Mm-hmm. So if we get to there with an unbeaten run intact. You know, twelve points out of twelve would be great, but if we be unbeaten uh, at least, then that would be a real sort of Philip and real kind of feather in Evans' caps. Oh yeah, into that one. So. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying Ancelotti should set up just not to lose, but I think at the same time you've got to um, realise where Everton have come from. And just because we won two games doesn't mean we should kind of get too carried away and say you know it's our year or you know we're going to win <laughs> yeah or whatever. So um, 
a lot to look forward to, I guess, a lot more positivity and a lot more fun in watching it than I think in the last few years. Oh, for sure. Hopefully more of that in the next seven days. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for, for joining me, Pat. It's been great to talk about two Everton wins. Um, yeah, of course. I think last time we had you on was the Norwich game, which we won, so hopefully <laughs> we make it three out of three next time. Yeah. We're talking about another win. Fingers um, crossed. But yeah, thanks for listening anyway. Um, School of Science Radio, Gino will be back from, uh, from watching golf next week <laughs> to talk about hopefully two more Everton wins. Uh, I'm going to speak to you again next time.